It's the new perspective. Perspective. That perspective. That's a shift yeah. in perspective you have. Into the new perspective. Welcome back to the new perspective. I wanted to have you on my podcast because you're a psychology student and you've just given me so many words of wisdom from all of our conversations and I knew I just like had to have you on like you're the perfect person honestly um it's so sweet of you yeah it's true man like I'm so excited I'm getting to record with you I'm um, excited too <laughs> yeah so uh what i want to start off by talking about is just like what got you interested in psychology like we've talked about it briefly yeah didn't you say it sparked your interest when you were like around 14 man you got a good memory yeah yeah no it was it was when i was 14 and you know i didn't have a lot like going on at the time i was just kind of playing video games i was <laughs> homeschooled my entire life so i wasn't even going to school not a lot of that stuff it was oh. just you know not a lot and i just kind of found i was getting progressively more and more bored <laughs> with existing <laughs> um oh, wow and i was just like yeah like this is fun and all but like i i, like, I guess it's <laughs> yeah, so i just kind of just dis- started discovering little pockets of the internet that started talking about this new this new uh evolving thing that just started popping up at the time like that we now know is like the self-help field which is you know a whole other ball of yarn but you know, when I was discovering it, they were talk they were just breaking new ground with you know, them all discovering stuff like dopamine and like instant was gratification. Just being Those discovered? were I mean it's been discovered for a long time, but it was discovered by like randos, you know, just yeah. just purveyors of the internet who just didn't really know a whole lot about psychology or neuroscience right. or philosophy or anything like that. And these, like, you know, these people were preaching stuff like, hey, you know, if you browse a lot on social media, it, it literally rots your brain. Like, it, mm-hmm. here's, here's the neuroscience. And little, little teenagers like me were like, what? Like, tell me more. And, mm-hmm. you know, that leads you down one rabbit hole or another, whether it's, uh, like, <laughs> I feel like everyone who discovers that at some point goes down some uh yikes rabbit hole that leads them towards more of a, a a better light of things like some guys that leads them down like uh like the mig tau like you know hyper jordan peterson like <laughs> yeah like self-improvement route or there's like toxic positivity that people fall into and you know just all this other stuff or like this is the right way guys everyone else is wrong also yeah like you can see but, that a lot definitely yeah 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 and then it's just like you know it's just kind of evolutionary but it you know it starts somewhere and i kind of started down the route of uh the first one i mentioned where it's just like like you know self-improvement like be productive this is the right way to exist yeah <laughs> hustle hustle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's interesting though that you got into that so young and you didn't just kind of overlook it and just actually dove into it yeah yeah i mean yeah i didn't have much else going for me at the time did i <laughs> like, i was just i was just playing pokemon showdown in my room man <laughs> like, right like, this is cool i guess <laughs> this is cool i guess well my minecraft just admirable like you were able to go down that journey like so 
how did that like progress as you got older like did anything just like slip from you or did you start like making goals and like um i i don't know it it, it kind of came with like well, whenever you're going down the rabbit hole of like you know productivity and self-development and stuff like that you i feel like you almost inevitably come up to things like shame right and feeling like you're inadequate and i just kind of had like this this really um just this kind of baseline always kind of there feeling of both like here's a good life philosophy like let's follow this this is cool uh and also like a little bit of shame like, oh. i guess i'm not you know i'm no, they're good enough. Like, you know, I'm not doing all this stuff that I want to do. Yada, yada. Um, and it was just kind of there for a good many years, just through, a, you know, constant like ebbs and flows of being good and being bad at stuff. And, you know, just as I, as I lived. And then uh, as I got into, let me think. Like, I don't know, the last like three or four years, I'd say. I really just was confronted with parts of life where just such black and white thinking wouldn't really cut it. Mm. And so I had to kind of expand that area of my understanding, which which brought me to be like, huh, this is <laughs> this is weird. And I'm not seeing quite as many people talk about this, <laughs> this, this, this area of understanding. Like what exactly? Just psychology thing. Um, becoming duality. Uh, it's really hard to explain, but it all it all it all really started whenever I uh, found an online organization called Healthy Gamer, uh, which was started by this this Harvard psychiatrist, um, who like man he he is such a cool guy man <laughs> like he was addicted to video games and like had a like a 2.0 GPA at like when he was 18 or 19 or 20 or whatever then he. And he dropped out and he went to go study in India or something like that. Uh, and then he went, came back to America and like when became a doctor and all this oh, stuff. Like he studied all kinds of yoga stuff. Damn. And he, he, he really kind of articulated stuff that I, that I already kind of felt inside for the longest time, but never mm. thought was like credible or valid. Mm. And he, he showed me a lot of like, um, like holistic viewpoints. That are a lot more based in reality instead of like trying to find an explanation for the world like a lot of the you know the pseudo uh mm -hmm. the pseudo psychology or the you know the motivational uh right. parts of the internet will, yeah. will try to do we talked about that just um mm -hmm. like pseudo intellectuals and just like <laughs> not yeah. seeing reality for its truth just like putting a bunch of making it too complicated and like not really learning from experience like what do you feel like how do you feel like it differed what he taught you um i feel like it differed in in his way of he just had like such a yogic approach like he he learned from his uh from his mentors when he went to india and they taught him things that uh the Buddhists and the Ayurvedics talked about, or the Vedics talked about, uh, four to five thousand years ago, and the Taoists and all those guys. Mm. Um, where it's like, it, and, and that—that's the kind of thing that brought me to existential psychology, where it's like, like we don't really like mind how you get there, man, but just like, mm. like the goal here is attaining peace. Mm. Right. The goal here is like yourself, and it's not like how you get there, and it's not through frivolous 
things. Yeah. See, that differs because, like, from the like self development, like hustle grind mentality, or intellectual mentality, like steps. Like you do this, then you have to do this, and you have to do, develop these habits. But that's a different <laughs> approach to it, completely. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I remember making this comparison once that like that there are people who who were like, yeah, you know, if you live like this, then then you're wrong because you're chasing uh, physical things, yeah. right? Like you're chasing uh, you're chasing monetary gain, or you're chasing like uh partnership or romance or you're chasing this or that but i'm you know i'm up here i'm uh mm. i'm intellectual and i, yeah, I do all yeah, these yeah. these cool philosophical things but like if you look at it those both people are vying for the same sense of like meaning mm. <laughs> in their lives they're both in the same echelon man like mm. like the dude who's sitting in his room watching anime all day uh buying anime figures and uh you know playing video games and you know who society kind of deems as like kind of the loser trope right i don't want to like call anyone out because i don't you know fully believe that way the the old existential uh like dudes would see that guy was this in the same kind of frivolous light as uh as they would see someone who's really just trying to prove that they're better than everyone Mm. that they're that they're great or prove that that even to themselves like i remember you telling me this quote it's like everyone's drunk on something yeah no i stole that i stole that from attack on titan but it's so <laughs> true like in order for yeah, in order for anyone to find meaning in in, in life everyone's drunk on something you know whether mm-hmm. it be like you know, people who are addicted to a video game or people who are addicted to alcohol or adultery or people who are really, who just can't stop watching uh, uh, Al Pacino's motivational football speech at <laughs> 2 a.m. because it makes them feel like they'll do better tomorrow. Or hmm. or people who are like, yeah, I work 17 jobs, 27 hours a day. Like, a, you know, I'm on the grind, you know, or like yeah. I make these sweet gains and everyone's drunk on something that's how they make it through the day yeah (laughs) and i just really resonate with the existentialists who are like you know maybe you don't need that right that's a perspective shift right there like because a lot of times people feel like oh i'm doing the right thing because i'm working a lot doing all this but at the end of the day it's like doesn't matter that much it's just whatever you're yeah. on it's just whatever is getting you through life yeah and it's like that doesn't necessarily make it a wrong thing and it doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. make it a right thing mm-hmm. like okay can you explain like existentialism a bit more because i don't feel like everybody's gonna necessarily know what that is yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so so the thing with like I'll just put it in the perspective of like existential psychology as a as an orientation, right? Mm-hmm. So when most people hear about psychology, usually what they assume is like the Freudian like psychotherapy. Um, usually they think of cognitive behavioral therapy, where you know you'll take um, you'll take a person and they have like problem. Like let's say just for instance they have they've got some bad depression, right? They've got some stuff going on up in their heads that are that really sad right <laughs> like a lot of depressive <laughs> stuff and you know they'll see that and they'll say all right 
let's like let's analyze your brain there's probably some stuff going on in there that we don't uh, that you can't quite perceive let's bring that to the surface and let's tackle this problem and you know existentialists first of all uh they don't really see things like depression or anxiety as an inherently bad or evil thing that we must annihilate because they see the annihilation of, of, of like, say, your depression or your anxiety as an annihilation of yourself. And at that point, are you really helping yourself? Because, you know, in my, in my, in, from what I believe, that, that, that stuff is in your brain for a reason. And there's, there's, a, there's a exceptions, right? Like, there are really bad, like, depressive disorders and anxiety disorders where it's, like, really unnatural. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by and large, I think that, like, especially depression, well, anxiety as well, um, are there, are there for like a reason? Like, it's your it's your brain and your body telling you something. Yeah. And to annihilate it is to try to like attack a symptom when there's like a problem underneath that's causing the symptom. Mm, like getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, exactly. Like a really great example that's really easy to understand is like someone who's depressed because their job just straight up sucks. Mm. Uh, and it's like, okay, well, maybe let's figure out your job. And then there's yeah, not just give you a you know, er- <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, don't get me started. Here's the thing: Psych- <laughs> psychologists. That's another misconception. Psychologists are at war with psychiatrists. Psychologists are the brain guys. Psychiatrists are the guys who hear, "Oh, you're depressed. Here's a drug." Mm. That's the difference. Okay. <laughs> and psychologists are like, you know, we're shaking our fists uh, <laughs> at the at the young psychiatry kids that won't get off our lawn that are, you know, helping all, you know, a big pharma and stuff like that. Um. But but yeah, like, you know, I digress. Like existentialists, we see that as like, uh, like there's a reason for all this. Uh, mm. And then our difference between us and like say you know cognitive behavioral therapists or like behaviorist guys or you know something like that is that we it's it's so hard to explain keep in mind i'm a student in this like i'm not i don't do this by profession Mm -hmm. but you know we see like just every little symptom of of your existence as like the entirety of you and we're Ooh. like, let's let's figure out how that feels to like exist as this. Oh, and and usually, yeah, and typically through that you can find more peace than you'd expect. Yeah, I think something that's lacking is people aren't getting rid of the problem; they're just numbing, yeah. like whatever you're dealing with with or drugs you're doing this but it's might be it's an indicator that something is out of alignment in your life like you said like maybe it's just your job you're not working a job that's aligning with you maybe yeah. you're in an unhealthy relationship like these symptoms these mm-hmm. mental health issues are coming up to show you yo there's something off there's something that you need to change right yeah and I just taking a pill or doing this, like not changing your life. Like you're yeah, still yeah. going to be there. Right. Like you're not getting yeah, rid you're of it. The symptom. Yeah. And then like, here's the other thing is that like that another big misconception about people who are like, Oh, 
let's you know my psychology like let's take care of my psychology and my brain and yada 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 is that there's no one prescription for any uh kind of situation because like let's say that someone is depressed because their job straight up sucks and they are told to take a pill about it and then you know someone comes along and they're like hey man your problem is your job let's fix that but like my dude's a single dad with three kids and he can't afford to get an, a, another job like yeah, yeah you know that might be a situation where you gotta take the pill so you can hold out for a while and it's like every single human being's experience is completely yeah, completely subjective and so is their like prescribed um you know so are the the better paths to 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 helping them with their life mm. you know just because just because you like say might be you know a depressed someone who's depressed and they have a really crappy job and they've got like three kids they got to take care of or you know they got this or that or they're like like you know their friend always extorts them for money or like whatever someone else could have the exact same very complicated circumstances but have some different means of hmm. of uh of improving their state of being right yeah it and it's just all about figuring yourself out yeah. Right. Like, there's some people that have like chemical imbalances, or people like you said True. that can't necessarily get out of the situation. Which is like, yeah, there may be a good time and place for these medications, but um, a lot of the times it's just not actually yeah. getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, everyone is wildly different, man. Everyone is wild. Yeah. Different. Like, do you think? You can really say everybody has the same exact anxiety or depression. Like no. everybody's talking about the oh. same thing, and so everybody should just take the same thing. Don't know? get me started. <laughs> Don't get me started on how mental illness isn't real. <laughs> oh, I do want to get you started on that. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so the thing with 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 mental illness is that like I'm not trying to call anyone out and say you're not depressed. Yeah. All right. I'm not saying that. <laughs> what I am saying is that let's just I'm gonna keep using depression as a solid example because it's very simple. Okay. Um, it is like you know depression is a term that we use to describe v uh, various symptoms and experiences within the brain. There isn't like a gland within the brain that molds into a certain way and then you are diagnosably depressed when that part of the brain becomes that. There are a ton of different things that factor into a like depression or not a, a diagnosis of like, hey, you're depressed because of these things. And then mm -hmm. you could be either diagnosably or, you know, just even self-diagnosably depressed and someone else is the same way, but just for wildly different reasons. And they're just they just all happen to you just both happen to have a lot of uh experiences that fall into the criteria list of depressed and one exemption to this is uh schizophrenia is an actual medical uh abnormality within the brain like physically that's pretty consistent as far as i understand but things like depression and anxiety are largely there's just a lot more factors into it that make them like more experiential than uh, medical, if that makes sense. And so, like, it's important to keep that in mind because a lot of people will will take 
uh, like the word depression is like a death sentence as if they were diagnosed with like scoliosis mm. or something like that right like they take a depression diagnosis as like a, a scoliosis diagnosis Ooh. And like, oh, this is the thing that I that my body is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not you. Like, you are not this. You are not your mental illness. You are not this. You shouldn't identify as this. This is just like state of being that you're currently like working through. To some extent, yeah. And but then, like, it's like you know, keep in mind to some extent you also are that. Like, that's just kind of a part of your experience. That's just a part of mm. like your your existence is like yeah you've got this this experience that happens to be very depressive <laughs> yeah true huh yeah it can definitely it's interesting how much people can be like affected by it like this is like treating it as like some physical disorder or something really really yeah. impactful and- and it's funny because I have a lot of personal experience with with that. And that uh, earlier this year, I, I so I've never experienced any kind of real anxiety before. Like I've never been mm-hmm. so nervous to the point of like my body can't move or you know anything like that. Right. But earlier this year, I de- started developing, uh, you know, some pretty intense anxiety to the point of where, like, one I was having. I never had like a full on anxiety attack, but I had little mini attacks where I was just kind of incapacitated for a short period of time. And what ended up happening was my heart started freaking out. Um, and I don't mean they would, it would freak out during little attacks. I mean, like my heart was, um, let me think how to put this, uh, you know, whenever you go running and you stop and then you're like, man, my heart is beating so fast and I can mm-hmm. feel it in my throat. And like, I, you know, I feel it on my fingers and all that stuff. Yeah. I imagine feeling that like just when you're sitting, after like not doing anything and just kind of as a constant thing that's that's how i kind of was not quite to that extreme extent but that's a good way to explain how it felt so like you know i went to the doctor i was like hey like what's going on here (laughs) like this is painful i started having heart palpitations and everything and so they hit me with you know the pills they were like oh your heart might be inflamed here's some no here's some heart inflammation be gone. Uh, <laughs> here's some anxiety medications. And I took those and I started having like nerve issues in my fingers. <laughs> and I couldn't like move my fingers as, oh my as much because of the anxiety meds. Uh, and it was crazy because the, the only thing that stopped me from having that consistent all day anxiety, because even with when my mental state was fine, it was like a physical anxiety that was manifesting physically in my body. Um, just consistently uh, the only thing that helped was whenever I started like you know engaging with meditation whenever I started um, really just thinking for long periods of time about old existential philosophies like Taoism mm. um, and Buddhism and I started practicing Tai Chi and, and Qigong as martial arts the, the, I actually saw consistent uh, drops in that that discomfort Mm. it was crazy it was really weird and the doctors were like yeah i don't see anything wrong with you your heart is actually freakishly okay and i was like okay but like stuff's still messed up i don't like this is weird they're like it's just anxiety i guess wow so okay (laughs) you were able to overcome that yourself 
these mm-hmm. practices like what got you into meditation and like tai chi like initially like what inspired you to do that well i mean i kind of explored meditation a little bit even from when i was like 15 i was oh. like okay let's see what this is all about but like at a really light scale right like the typical western view of meditation which is like all right just sit and close your eyes and breathe for a little bit yeah. and just kind of let your mind be clear right like the, the the step one of meditation if you will but then i was you know i got to explore a little bit more because that uh that harvard psychologist or the hired uh, yeah, harvard psychiatrist um at the healthy gamer organization he he demonstrates a lot of meditation techniques whenever he he streams which is really good Ooh. but then at one point you know he streams on twitch and at one point he hosted a, a lady who who does tai chi like just that's just her stream she's a tai chi a tai chi teacher oh that's cool and she just does it all the time and i you know watched her and i i never thought of tai chi before like once in my life and then i just got up and started joining her and i was like dang this is really cool i want to learn more and so then i did <laughs> and then i learned that it has roots with taoism and i was like i read a book on taoism <laughs> once it seemed cool but not that cool when i read it and it really was all that cool <laughs> uh and i just resonated with all of it and it was just kind of a big nice circular funnel mm-hmm. of like this feels correct <laughs> feels right huh. yeah what so what were your practices in tai chi what did you do like Mm. what got you to that state uh just just very light i just i just would watch youtube videos and follow along with them and then Mm. try to do them on my own i you know didn't have any like formal stuff or Mm -hmm. i didn't really grind out being good at it i was just like all right let's just do these things and then just kind of see what happens and then good things happened like how do you think that it helped you like I never tried it personally. Like I practice yeah. meditation, but I haven't ever really gone well, into that realm. Here's the thing: is that like the dudes that invented Tai Chi and meditation actually called Tai Chi uh, meditation in motion or moving meditation. It's just another form of it uh, that just happens to involve your body, and it just. I don't know, man. It just helps existentially speaking to like to be able to just kind of exist and you feel like there's both a purpose and not a purpose to whatever the heck you're doing mm. just just a lot of catharsis involved a lot of like just being able to focus on something but that isn't very taxing mm. and right. just feels feels nice yeah because you're just I, I, I can't, yeah. focused and present on what you're doing yeah, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I can explain exactly how it helped everything, but mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of did. It just gave me a place to escape to. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention the the benefits of just moving your body and all the different ways that it has you moving. Yeah. You know, effects with your heart and your bones and your joints and all that stuff gets all the movements you need out. Yeah. And I'm I'm with the because uh, you know meditation essentially started in both India and China, and they both kind of had their own little sects of of that uh, but i'm whenever meditation got invented there was this whole group of dudes called the ayurvedics and i'm what those guys would call high and vata which means that i really like my motion is a big thing for me uh so meditation through motion is 
way more cathartic and healing for me than just kind of sitting and doing nothing. Mm. Yeah. But that is a whole ball of yarn. That's different. Like most people, when they think of meditation, it's just sitting down, you know, have your like fingers together, like just yeah, <laughs> yeah, the the little okay hand. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many different <laughs> varieties, and you know, a lot of people, it's hard for them to tap into that. But there's so many different ways of approaching meditation that like most align with you yeah if if anyone's listening or you in particular uh have like try meditating and you're like man i just can't seem to focus like man i I, (laughs) like yada 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 i mean first of all i will say that if you're trying to meditate and clear your mind if your mind is getting more intense heads up it's working that's what's supposed to happen but also i recommend um if you find your mind to be just a very wandering one at all times of the day um, I recommend something called fire meditation where you just kind of have a candle and you just kind of have a dark room and you just kind of sit and you just kind of stare at the candle and you let your mind do whatever the heck it will. Like, don't, don't worry about controlling that guy. Just let him uh, or her. I won't assume the gender of your brain. Uh, <laughs> just wander and do its thing, but just kind of keep your eyes on the fire on the, uh, you know, on the flame and it'll, it's it's very interesting the way that it'll it'll captivate and kind of uh, bring your brain your mind towards like a singularity more than just kind of sitting there and closing your eyes would. Mm. Um, and if you're worried about your eyes getting hurt, don't. Uh, fire doesn't have UV properties of the sun, or um, or it's not like electricity light where it'll hurt your eyes after looking at it. You could look at fire for like you know. 5, 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes at a time and not, it won't hurt your eyes to look at. Even if it kind of hurt, like stings a little bit to look at, it's not going to cause any damage. You're fine. Mm. So I recommend that. Yeah, it is nice. I've done meditations like that. And it is something about a candle. I have a candle like right next to me. And just something about mm-hmm. looking in the flame, it's uh, put you in this meditative state. I agree. Yeah. I, I I theorize that it's something to do with how like it the fire's always doing something. Like he's always dancing around, isn't he? <laughs> he's like he's just it's always just flickering and there's always a new shape that it wasn't <laughs> it hasn't been in the last like ten minutes. It's always a different thing. And I think that really helps to captivate the brain in a really non thinky kind of way. Like it gets to shut your brain off, but still notice how how everywhere it is. And that just kind of mm-hmm. helps with the the ADHD parts of all of our brains. Yes, and it's so nice once you start being able to do that and become a master of your own mind. You unlock this like whole new reality because we're so used to always thinking. We're always thinking twenty four seven. Once you're uh, able yeah. to just like be still, like you said, it helps you overcome a lot of that anxiety. Because with anxiety, we're always worried about something in the past or in the future, right? And so we don't think when we're in the present, there isn't anxiety. Because there isn't a past, there isn't a future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you're able to like get to the, uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, I think they call it transcendental meditation, where mm-hmm. you're able to just bring yourself to a... a uh, 
a place of being where you just kind of forget that past or present exist or not past or present, yeah. past or future exist. You're just kind of like existing and that's everything. <laughs> and it is possible. You can, you can get there. Yeah. That's the goal. Like I've went into some deep meditations. I don't know if I fully experienced that no time, no space, no one, nowhere feeling, but there's definitely potential for that and I think it just comes with practice but I've had some of the most like spiritual experiences through meditation where I felt like I was my body was sinking the world was like going up I was like floating I don't know it gets oh, interesting I love that feeling. yeah and you are able to reach that state in meditation more than like anything else you're able to fully feel like present and connected to everything through meditation more than most other things i can think of oh yeah absolutely i mean it is it's the ultimate attempt to like connect to the subconscious mm, yes like, yes yes like there's nothing else that tries that a hundred percent and if you are in this healing route right like you healed yourself through this anxiety by like doing these meditation practices and all of this and like what you were doing was rewiring your subconscious mind and that's the whole goal of like healing right because you have all these programs that are basically your mental illness is just like these like programs that you're running so when you're able to meditate and unlock that subconscious mind then you're rewiring it and you're able to actually implement the belief systems and change and overcome these like anxiety depression or mental illnesses or whatever you're struggling with because you're locking that veil to your subconscious mind yeah totally i mean you know it's that's pretty well put i'd say yeah it's pretty close to reality <laughs> yes it's so important i would recommend people researching that it's like the power of your Definitely. subconscious mind um but yeah so do you want to do, let's say if you were to help people right like you said that you wanted to become a therapist right yeah yeah so would you what would your approach be right like would you recommend meditation would you like teach like existentialism existentialism or would you teach like different philosophies yeah well i think my approach would be like in my mind it would be existentialist in nature where there's like the the tinge of i really don't care how you get there as long as you attain like yeah. hopefully attain some kind of peace or something like that right um it would just kind of depend on the person man like it was like i was saying earlier where everyone is just so wildly different and so too are there uh, are there paths um mm -hmm. so if i got someone who who seems really open to things like spirituality or things like different um mindsets or perspectives or practices then i'm like let's let's do that and I got someone who's more about like something 
they're like yeah i've got these issues let's take a really um logic based like uh like there's like a manual <laughs> kind of approach to it then i'm like all right let's do that i i, I really want to see myself as some as a kind of like set of tools you know like a toolbox for people <laughs> uh to be able to just kind of access mm. you know i like that so you just but, adapt depending on the person yeah yeah i think that would be that would be quite beneficial because you know i'm, I'm i feel like a lot of people have at least a friend who's been to a therapist and they're like yeah this this person was just really stuck in the way that they thought and they just tried to that. you know uh, provide me with therapy or counseling in this way that I just that I wasn't reactionary to or I wasn't open to and it just killed it for me and now it's $300 down the drain and I saw that and I was like man I don't want to be that at all like let's change that <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's be at least let's add one therapist to the mix that isn't that mm-hmm. I love that definitely I don't really feel that current like therapists that are today like when I was in therapy it didn't help me what helped Mm. me was kind of on your route like just learning things on my own like I got into spirituality psychology philosophy like meditation and like stuff on my own that's what helped me not the therapist not drugs not you know oh I'm sorry to hear that it's always rough whenever something like that doesn't no help because I, I was great. Uh, it was great. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, if, if and if it's for the greater good, then then you know, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> fail the therapy. Like, you know, yeah. let all the therapy fail that needs to to to, to fail. Um, no, like it was rocking, man. Great because I realized power that we have ourselves. Right. yes yeah absolutely our mind is so powerful our habits are so powerful our subconscious is so powerful we are able to completely con- change our lives and create the life that we want we don't need like external people we have it we have all the information that we need like just at the touch of our fingertips from a book from the <laughs> google from a podcast from a youtube video True. like you can learn so much just on your own true 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 yeah it's 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 nice for me to think about being like the reason that people don't have to put in all the effort because you know some people they don't have the ability like they don't have the time or energy in the day like to 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 find all that information you know it's really it's really hard to sift through all that stuff to find the needle in the haystack of, of what you actually need true um and i think that that should be the job of of psychologists nowadays is to you know not for you know be the alternative for sifting through all that and like finding everything like oh what works what works what works what works oh now i'm like you know six years down the line i don't even feel better for all the exploring that i've done Uh, i feel like psychologists should be more of a a one-stop shop but there are a lot that are doing a really good job nowadays like you know there are a lot of good there's a lot of good therapy and psychology work being done out there. You know, I don't mean to like bash the industry or anything. There's like malpractice and like weirdness that goes on, but I, I think for the most part, like there's a lot of good stuff being done. Mm, definitely. And we're doing that. Like that's my intention. Like I want to be that for people, right? Like 
anyone can access the podcast and yeah man be a resource yeah that's what we're doing that's what we're doing from everyone that Absolutely. i interview my man i appreciate <laughs> it it's 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 good noble work i'd say yeah definitely okay i wanted to talk to you about taoism because you uh, mentioned yeah. that and you said you, it connected to like meditation and i think that that's just like yeah. a really interesting like philosophy and i like to learn about it more sure so i mean i guess i can start with a really funny story of how taoism was supposedly started uh it started with this uh old chinese tactician slash philosopher uh who was i forget was it the tang dynasty i don't know i'm probably really really stupid and some people are going to be screaming at me for that one but it was really 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 long ago china um <laughs> and he was like a, an assistant to the regional manager uh and the, the regional manager was like a, a guy like a ruler in china and he really wanted to like be better than the other chinese rulers and he was like trying to govern and like run a you know run the country a little bit or the civilization or whatever. And this guy, uh, the philosopher who was, you know, his advisor, like he was the dude was not being listened to like his, all of the stuff that he was saying was going in one ear and out the other. And he got fed up with it. He was like, he was like, yo, screw this. Y'all don't appreciate me. So he, he just ran off. Uh, he just left the city. He just left the, you know, the, the, the government, the civilization, all of it. He just walked away into uh, what we now know as the Wudang Mountains in China. Uh, and he, he walked up past the gate, up to the entrance of the mountains, and then there was a guy who was kind of serving as the, uh, the intersection between the city and the mountains, right? Like the city and mm. everywhere else. You know, he was the, he was the what do you call it? The bouncer. Sort of-ish, right? Of the mountain. <laughs> and mm-hmm. he recognized the guy. Uh, oh shoot! What was his name? Um, oh, and he said, "He said, listen, I know who you are, and you're like you're pretty smart. Uh, so I'll let you pass." Oh, it was Lao Tzu. It was Lao Tzu. That was the philosopher. Oh yes, Lao Tzu. Why would I forget that? I'm so stupid. Um, he was like Lao Tzu. I know who you are, uh, and you're really smart, and I'll let you pass. I get where you're at, but. Before you do, I need you to write a book prescribing how people ought to live. And Latsu was like, ah, uh, fine. <laughs> and so he, he did. I think it took him like an entire day. This is just how the legend goes. There's like debate as to whether or not right. this is actually how it went down. But then he wrote a book that he, that was called the Tao Te Ching. And then he was like, all right, good book. Go ahead. And then Latsu went into the mountains and never returned. And essentially a lot of what the Tao Te Ching preaches about is this concept called the Tao or the way, which is like, this is our, like this, (laughs) I I don't want to say like it's a prescription of like, this is existence, but there's just kind of an explanation of existence that shakes hands with nature and, and our humanity and all this stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. talks about a concept called and it talks about a concept called Wu Wei which is essentially to say action through inaction which is just a really mm-hmm. old person way of saying it is how it is man it is how it is <laughs> yeah 
It is what it is, man. That's what Lotso would have said if he had access to some Chinese marijuana or something. I'm sure of it. Oh, my. So, yeah. How is it connected to nature? Like, how did Taoism implement, like, nature into their philosophy? Yeah, I mean... It's not hugely connected to nature, literally. It just, it uses a lot of symbolism of nature. And it also just kind of acknowledges the fact that we're also just animals. Like, we have Mm -hmm. our nature and we have the way that we're built to exist. And it's like, hey guys, maybe don't fight that a whole lot. You know? It's kind of like how, um... I think it falls in line with the, the, the way that I kind of view the idea of free will. Like... I have a complicated uh, like belief when it comes to free will. I don't think that free will actually exists, but I think that to mm-hmm. say that free will doesn't exist and then to live your life under that um, presumption is to kind of be dishonest to the fact that you're only human and it's doing so is kind of in a way playing God. You know, it's it's just kind of like ignoring your own nature and like what you're built for. Like imagine if if bumblebees were just like man like all of them just suddenly woke up and they're like man i'm just kind of told what to do by nature and i have no control over what i do and then as a result they just decided to hijack that and just stop could you imagine Mm. what wouldn't happen as a result flowers wouldn't happen right like we're we're forced to do things by nature. We're governed by nature for a reason, not because, not for the sake of being governed by nature, but for a reason. Yeah. You know, we have, to some extent, humans have to believe that free will exists. Otherwise, we'll self actualize into nothing. Shit. To some extent, because we, you know, they just, you know, they start delving into nihilism and everything like that. Oh. So if we don't believe that we have free will and we're just like, okay, well, then. I just won't do anything with my life. Like, humanity wouldn't have progressed so far. Like, what would yeah, the would Earth be like right now? Like, what would life be like right now? Yeah. And like, it's perfectly fine to not believe in free will, but it's another thing to to live your life in rebellion of the idea that free will doesn't exist. And the idea mm. that, like, everything, every little thought that you have is governed by nature's combination of nature and nurture, and that's it. Right, like mm. there's there's no supernatural like other higher consciousness that consciousness that you have like in your soul that's separate from your body and your mind. Like, you know, you can fully believe that that doesn't exist, but you know, it's just another thing to like rebel against that and say like, oh, you know, therefore nothing matters and I'm not real. Yeah, um, that goes into like and the then like yeah, and then and then act accordingly yeah. because in, in, I believe that it's kind of a way of just trying to gain gain some control over the fact that you're in kind of insecure with the idea the, the idea that you have no control over your Ooh, own self or your own. You're life. trying to control your life by saying that you have no control. Yeah, it's funny because like you'll you'll find that people who say like yeah, free will doesn't exist and I have no like control over the way i am will in turn try to take control over that you know what i mean when it's like you're only human man you can't perceive any more uh like non-free will than you experience (laughs) i'm getting into really uh 
really what's the word I'm looking for? Vague territory here. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> where you start talking in circles and like start saying things that other people probably won't hear in the same way that oh, I'm saying. Them. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we can be more spe- specific about it. So, do you feel like you don't think free will exists because it's just what pro- or belief systems or programs or like ways of living that we have just like adapt from the people around yeah. us, our culture, our school system, etc. Like, it's not really we've chosen it's just what's been presented to us in our yeah, I, current reality i think that free will exists to the fullest extent that our uh our universe that we can perceive uh can manifest it in like i don't mm. think there's any sort of free will that is higher than what humans experience you know what i mean and i think that's something that's respectable oh, okay. and i think it's something that we should kind of embrace i suppose so humans have like the most free will compared yeah, to like yeah. any animals or like whatever like tree can't say i want to like walk over to the water or something like we are able to do that so we have more free will than yeah well really the most primary difference between us and animals is that we can perceive our own uh we can self-reflect mm. and mm-hmm. that's that's culminated in a part of the brain that that psychologists call the default mode network where it's like your your ability to self-perceive and kind of contemplate the future and your own death. Like other animals, they really can't imagine the fact that they're going to die, but we can. And the interesting thing is that increased activity within the default mode network of the brain is like is pretty much directly correlated with depression. And that's why usually, like, people with depression are usually, like, smarter than the rest of us. Because they, like, people who are highly depressed usually are like, yeah, we're all going to die. And it really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they've accepted that. They've acknowledged what most people are afraid to acknowledge. Uh, To some extent. But, like, on the other hand, like, the Buddha acknowledged that he was going to die. But he was a pretty happy dude, wasn't he? Yeah, isn't that kind of the difference between like nihilism and like the existentialism? I'm not too sure. Uh, you're kind of right there. Yeah, yeah. It's a very vague line, but yeah, you're 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 pretty on the money mm. there. Um, but you know, the whole thing is that like with the default mode network specifically is that like if if mm. a deer say looks for uh food and like a big set of trees and they look through like twenty trees and it takes all day and then they don't find any food. They don't sit there and be like, man, why can't I find any berries? I must suck, huh? (laughs) But if a dude asks out seven girls and they all say no, he's not. (laughs) He's going to be thinking there's something wrong with him. And that is the default mode network right there. That is our ability to self-reflect and self-perceive and be able to be like, all right, what's wrong with me that could improve whatever. And that's why you know, humans experience depression on a very large scale, very intensely. Mm-hmm. So this can be a positive thing or a negative thing. Like it can be yeah. positive for reflection, it can be negative because it's like able to reflect and think. Yeah, because think about it, it's evolutionary. Like you know, like I was saying earlier, like every like every neg- negative thing you experience is there for a reason. And like the the ability to self reflect to the extent that it harms you 
the harming Fuck. is a motivational factor of the brain that tells you to like hey maybe change this <laughs> like yeah like like i'm like you know before you you would be de- you wouldn't just get depressed it was like okay something's wrong with me let's like adapt in this way that's how humans are so adaptable because our mm. brains like make us adapt otherwise we die because like Fuck. think about it in terms of anxiety like if you were an old 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 human being uh in the way back times uh and you like you know there was like you were in a place where there was some like mean jungle predators like you're like there was there was jaguars running around there was like rhinoceri or rhinoceroses i don't know and there was a nearby couple human tribes that really really liked uh like killing your guys and like eating them maybe i don't know uh, who do you think is more likely to survive? Someone without a heightened sense of uh, awareness, i.e. anxiety, or someone who does? Mm. Probably someone who's more cautious yeah. and like constantly aware, right? Whose eyes are always wide and looking for danger. Mm. And so that's an evolutionary thing, part of our brains that's like conditioned us to live. And the thing is, is that the human brain also does something very special which is like it only uh, allows things to evolve only to the survival extent. So like it'll it'll let a part of the brain evolve, like say the anxiety part, to where it'll let you survive. And that's kind of it. It's like, all right, let's not refine this. We're good. Like we're living. <laughs> that, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just kind of, you know, Charles Darwin at work there. And so then... All the brain is like is it's like all right so if i perceive something that is kind of a danger to me then i react in this way anxiety or like you know and for instance in my uh example of myself like you know physical manist- manifestations of like the heart and increased uh you know just general anxiety symptoms stuff like that yeah, uh it's a survival that mechanism. translates very strangely in modernity when we're suddenly after mil- you know millions of years i don't know i'm not a history guy i don't know but you know at least several hundreds of thousands of years we've been running from jaguars and that was our anxiety trigger to now oh my gosh is is billy going to uh, accept my invitation to the prom <laughs> that's our anxiety trigger now it, but yeah. the brain recognizes that as the anxiety trigger so it manifested in the same way as if you were running from a jaguar that's a really crude mm-hmm. way to put it but you know as if you're but- anxious about a jaguar yeah that's it we're living in survival like when you're tapping into these emotions you're living in survival but we have advanced collectively as a society that we don't need these emotions anymore we don't need to be in a constant state of anxiety because Mm -hmm. we aren't living in survival like we are we have our homes you know we're not fearful of being killed by jaguars anymore like so don't need this anxiety we don't need to feel this because yeah though some people do like imagine being a very high crime rate city yeah and then some people really don't and we didn't like that's the kind of part of the brain that takes a good couple million years to evolve out of but this change in society happened over the course of a couple hundred Mm -hmm. like maybe a thousand or two Mm. you know what i mean so we're just kind of left with these remnants of parts of the brain that are very primal uh that don't really understand this whole iphone thing 
Yeah, our minds are not up to speed with the advancements of society. Like, we aren't there yet, do you feel? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, you know, to some extent we are because we're very easy to, to, to mold our brains. Like, just, you know, mm. you can see that when, like, three-year-olds are better at uh, manipulating iPads than any like you know 50 year old in your neighborhood yeah. like and we're very adaptable and it's not like we're just sitting here at the mercy of the survival instincts that we were uh bred with for thousands and thousands of years um we're not helpless to that but it's just, it's just you know it's just a nice thing to keep in mind it's a nice thing in that like you can remember like oh it makes sense that i feel this way thank goodness right uh oh. And it kind of gives you a, a, an ability to like take a breath and say, man, okay, now I understand the full nature of why I feel this way. Now I kind of can devise a means of, of, of tackling it. Uh, stuff like mm, that. That's beautiful. Because you need to understand your mind in order to tackle it. Like when you understand why you're feeling this way, why and how it's just instinctual it's like survival mode you are able to reapproach it and actually like tackle it like you said yeah i don't think a lot of people really understand the full um beauty of the first rule of alcoholics anonymous which is admit that you have a problem mm -hmm. uh like anything in your life the only way that you can begin to approach it is by completely understanding it to its fullest extent even the parts that you don't want to look at mm. you know what i mean like maybe you're depressed because of your job because your job straight up sucks fat eggs but there's also a little <laughs> hint of it in there that's like yeah maybe you're a little bit lazy and you don't want to like do these things and like is that a fault on your part sure does that mean that you're inherently bad for it probably not <laughs> like you gotta take in all these little, like, little subtle things before you can really approach something yeah. and right. say that you're competently doing so. Because you can't suppress it, right? You can't just drink your problems away yeah. from your mind or just take pills to forget about it. Yeah, I mean, you can, but, you know, just maybe don't ask why you're feeling so bad about it later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you truly want to grow, you have to have the self-reflection. You have to actually understand the root of the problem, understand your mind, like start understanding your subconscious mind, start understanding way and why you're feeling this way, understanding that it's like survival emotions that you're tapping into, you know, it's for evolutionary reasons and just starting to understand this set you up on the right path for healing and growing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know with all that everything is so subjective man like mm -hmm. like for me i will i you know i was at a point not too long ago where i was like yep i am ingesting probably a somewhat excessive amount of alcohol in order to cope with my feelings and i was like i understand that it's bad for me i understand yada 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 but I'm just going to kind of accept that this is where I feel like I need to be to process things. And w could this 
send me down a really bad spiral? Sure, maybe. <laughs> like, you know, we'll see. I'll try not to. But, you know, everyone needs something different. Everyone needs a different approach. And everyone Everyone's needs to really, drunk like, on something. True, 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 true. Sometimes it's alcohol. Um, <laughs> Sometimes it's alcohol. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you've overcome that. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I still, exp- like say to myself that I'm going to use things as coping mechanisms, even though they're, I guess, kind of unhealthy. Like, I still use um, social media, like browsing, scrolling as a coping Ooh. mechanism. If, if I'm ever, like, really, really stressed, then I'll recognize the fact that my brain is like, hey, like, hey, hey, buddy, you, sh- you should, like, like, scroll Twitter instead of doing this thing that you should be doing. And, like, you know, um... sometimes I'll observe that and say, like, all right, nope, 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 nope. And then sometimes I'll like actively go and like use it as a comfort because, you know, while I know it's bad and I know that, you know, I should use other things for comfort. I also will sit there and respect the fact that, you know, I'm in a, I'm, I'm kind of an emotional uh, state of turmoil at the moment. And you know what? Like, let's re- let's <laughs> respect that turmoil with a little bit of comfort. You know, like I, I feel like I want to I need a little bit of comfort, want a little bit of comfort. Um, and I, you know, just, I, th- I think that it's kind of in the same vein of existentialism where it's like, I don't really care how I get there, man, just as long as you attain peace. Yeah. And then, and then you got to observe the part that's like, you got to be careful that you're not just indulging in whatever you want to and calling it peace. <laughs> you know, yeah. you got to be really careful about how your brain wants to trick you because my brain does that as well all yeah. the time. I mean, when you're doing that, hey, social media can be a tricky place. It's just immediately showing you this person. Look at their life. Look at what they're doing. Look at how happy they are. This person, this belief, this thing. Oh, look at this bad thing that happened. This, 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 yada, yada, yada. I mean, it can be a negative place and I wouldn't recommend it as a form of coping and you've recognized it right like you're aware of it and you know you can always find means of doing that but I don't know I'd be careful of that oh yeah no absolutely and it's it's a it's a uh, a thin sheet of ice that I uh, that I skate knowingly <laughs> Yeah. And it's just kind of where I'm at sometimes, you know? Right. And it's like, like you just said, admitting I, there is something that you need to work on is the first step. Just being awareness is always the first step. Yeah, Coming absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I think you do. Awareness is a universal good. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Awareness isn't fucking powerful. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Fucking powerful. Oh, That's gosh, why meditation really is. is fucking powerful. Because more awareness you are, like more success you'll have. Because the more you have an awareness and you show up to every situation that you have with an awareness, you will be at an advanced state. You will be like ahead of the game compared to other people because present like who's going to get more out of a situation a podcast a learning anything that they're trying to elevate themselves on who's going to get more out of that the person who's not aware 
not emotionally aligned or the person who is aware mm-hmm. emotionally aligned if you're able to master your awareness master your emotions become a master of your mind you're able to have more success in whatever you do yeah i mean you know to a good extent yeah yeah that's why meditation is just like so yeah and that's why i'll I'll say that's why cognitive behavioral therapy has you know found a good amount of success um Mm. because cognitive behavioral therapy is all about awareness like that is their thing man like they're like really oh yeah no that is like it's like hey man whenever you feel angry let's delve into that and it's funny because a lot of cbt guys they'll say like if you're angry then you like usually underneath it is fear and if you feel a lot of fear usually underneath it is like anger <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot about like experiencing like your body and your mind and stuff like that it's 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 what you would call an experiential uh therapy and it's funny because ex- existentialism is also i believe an experiential therapy so they're, they're you know they're not so far apart they're currently the two ideologies or orientations are kind of at war within the psychological community but they're also not too different in terms of the fact that they're both kind of experiential therapies Mm. it's pretty funny so uh so they're pretty similar and pretty different yeah yeah what ways are they like different i guess ways are they different um just kind of their philosophy Mm. i'd say cbt is more of the kind of orientation that's like okay let's like annihilate things let's fix these things and existentialists are just kind of like let's sit with things like i know uh my my current psychology teacher is an existentialist and he said one of the a really big difference between a cbt therapist and an existential therapist is that someone will come in really depressed and then the CBT therapist will say, all right, let's tackle this issue. Let's, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then someone with a similar situation will come into an existential therapist. Like say they're grieving, right? Like say we both got, we got someone who's grieving going into both people and they're like really upset. Uh, the existentialist will, instead of saying, let's process this, let's, yada, they'll just kind of sit there and cry with the guy for like 40 minutes. And we'll say like, yeah, that's, like beautiful you know like let's let's sit with this like what's what's it like to be experiencing this like what are you feeling about this like let's let's just sit with it for a bit you know because this is existence is what we're doing right here there's no like premier way to exist there's no like this is bad let's annihilate it let's fix it it's just like, all right, let's let's do this whole existing thing. Let's do this whole existing thing. Like this is. Yeah, and you want to know a good way that um that those two different orientations are similar? <laughs> Apparently, the uh, the number one predictor of whether therapy actually works, like just fundamentally helps an individual isn't the methodology it isn't the actual practices used it's 
by a pretty large margin the relationship that's established between the therapist and the and the client. Oh fuck. The quality of the relationship is one of the most predominant factors in whether the therapy actually works or not. When you're talking about psychotherapy, that is. Oh wow. I didn't know that. Yep. Yep, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> because like largely the methodology or an orientation that you use in therapy isn't very consequential it's largely an aesthetic choice whether you choose to be an existentialist or a humanist or uh like medically based or behaviorism based or you know based in cognitive uh behavioral therapy they're all they all work like therapy just works um it's you know a really good story about this is you know freud right he was like the first psychologist and he like had people face away from him and he was like so what did you feel about that <laughs> and then they would like talk for 40 minutes and he would say interesting what do you think about that and they would talk for another 40 minutes and that was you know psychotherapy that was that was how he worked and there was this guy in america who was driving around the appalachian area like just uh providing that same therapy he was using freud's pretty much handbook pretty much guide to to psychotherapy and he was just he's just bringing this service to multiple people and then he just kind of realized that like hey so freud's ideas are kind of based on nothing he just kind of started doing stuff and i guess it kind of worked it, but it's not really based in laws or science or whatever so what if i start i create my own just entirely own psychoanalysis fundamental uh basis orientation right like practices and just like ways of going about it that are just based in the same kind of fundamental nothingness <laughs> like just what was the term they used just kind of it's castles in the sky it's really grandiose buildings and ideas that are just kind of based in not much like not much ground and i'll just do that with some people and do freud's thing with it with some other people and just see what happens and what he found is equal success in both hmm. because it was kind of it was it was both therapy just different belief systems and philosophies that he was approaching it with and then he found the same success and it's crazy because just thera psychotherapy just works. I think it's like what eighty or eighty-five percent of people who uh, who um, seek out and obtain uh, therapy, psychotherapy, get better. Um, and I believe uh, therapy is by a large margin the best thing you can spend your money on in terms of happiness per dollar. Like scientifically speaking. Mathematically speaking, it is the best thing that you can spend your money on in terms of obtaining happiness per dollar that you spend. I can agree with that. That was quite a rant oh, to go on, but <laughs> I think like, it's important. It's interesting to see that there's like not just one specific way, like you have to do this or you have to do that. Or this is the right way, this is the wrong way. Like it can be different for each individual. And I think a lot yep. of it is just the intention. If you have the intention to get better, if you like, 
I actually want to change. Like I'm going, I'm paying this person because I actually want to change yep. that much. Yeah, but yeah. Um, by the way, just just to put that out, just put this out there. I have I have alcohol in my system at the moment. Um, it's 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 the only way you can you can you're gonna get a, a nice constant stream of consciousness from me. Uh, Sarah made me do it. No, she don't made, say that. Don't. She forced me. No, don't. she forced. She said, "Please, Stop. I'm begging you, get drunk. It'll be funny." <laughs> no, no, it's a lie. I I told her that I'm I'm more existential and like like thinky and and easier to talk about this stuff whenever i'm drunk so i said hey it'd be pretty funny if you just oh, i'm not drunk i'm not drunk i'll put that out there i'm not drunk but i just have a lot of, a good amount of alcohol in my system high tolerance mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true he is more <laughs> existential and more thing yeah, yeah 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 i have i have let me think okay about a third of a bottle of wine and two two bottles of beer in as of tonight so far <laughs> Uh, to just give you some idea of where I'm at, I'm not. Don't don't do me. Don't be me, guys. Please, <laughs> you're, you're not being a good me. example here. <laughs> nah, listen. I'm leading by the example of live your best life, girl. Yes, live it up. That's the live example. I'm. Fullest. Yeah, dude. I, in my uh, in one of, in my English class this past week, my English teacher, who's a really good journalist, talked talked about how weird it was discovering the benefits of uh of dark stout beer like the physical health benefits and i just let me tell you i did not need that kind of encouragement to continue drinking guinness (laughs) (laughs) i did not uh just various like liver benefits heart benefits which is great because i got like those heart issues uh i don't have heart issues but like you know heart like weirdness uh bone apparently it helps your bones to some extent and obviously don't drink an excess like jiminy christmas man don't drink an excess yeah do what you want but not to your detriment all right that's that's the moral of the story here Mm. because you know what i am fully functional it is finals week and i am thriving (laughs) okay i am thriving (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i want to talk to you about this though your research paper on meditation i want to hear about it like what have oh you my learned? gosh <laughs> uh so i'm still at the tail end of doing it but yeah. let me tell you my dude there is a there is a peer-reviewed journal um it's called it is yeah it's released by it's by a guy named Frederick Travis, is who it's released by. Uh, it's in the journal Medicina 2020. Uh, it's called the, on the neurobiological uh, the neurobiology of meditation, and it really goes in depth on meditation, like you know, obviously neurobiology with it. And it has a really interesting finding in that they they took how many practices was it? It was it was multiple. It was at least eight or ten different kinds of meditation like multiple different varieties of it and they separated Mm -hmm. them into like they took a bunch of them and then separated them into three groups of two different meditation techniques um and what they found is that engaging in these meditation techniques activated the brain in similar ways but engaged with completely different parts of the brain 
Does that make any sense, or do I need to explain that further? Yeah, I, th- I think you need to explain it just a bit further. Like, okay, what okay. two parts? Yeah. Okay. So basically, think of like we've got three funnels, and then we've got water. Okay. Meditation is the water. You put the water through the funnels, like these three very different kinds of funnels. Like one of them is a straight down funnel. One of them does like little swirlies. And one of them is like a crazy straw. Okay. Okay? Meditation as an overarching practice activates the brain in the same way. The water still flows like water do. Gravity pulls it down. All right. Meditation still activates the brain in the same way. Different meditation practices, i.e. the different funnels, bring the meditation or the water through different parts of the brain to activate it in different ways. Ooh. So they found that, so they found that like doing different, like say doing, oh, I, for, I, I don't know the terminology. I haven't, um, you know, committed the, the paper to memory, but um, doing like say one kind of meditation, like more of an experiential meditation will bring will light up parts of the brain that are associated with, you know, certain emotional uh, responses. But doing a more cognizant kind of meditation will light up completely different parts of the brain. Maybe some don't even have to deal with emotion. Maybe some have to do with memory processing or like frontal lobe work. Mm. But they all just light up different parts of the brain. And it's so fascinating. I wish that you had like a uh, a visual part of your podcast because I actually have a an image here that shows the different parts of the brain. This will be on YouTube as well. So oh really? Do you want me to send YouTube, you the image I'm looking at right now? Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll snip this image. It just shows the different parts of the brain that light up, and it's just crazy because like none it's just weird man none of these areas connect it's such complete opposite ends of the brain that light up as a result of just subtly different parts of meditation it's crazy man did you send it to me um... i sent it in dms okay oh okay so this blue area so huh that's interesting i never realized that they would like act like different parts yep the, so yeah the, the one on the top the blue one is focused attention meditation then the yellow one is open monitoring meditation and you know so on and so forth and they kind of show which little sections of the brain they light up but anyways like the moral of the story here is that like man meditation is such a just a, a dynamic underexplored thing hmm it's just crazy. What are the it's different like meditations? Like for the first one, how did the first meditation differ to like all of the other ones? Like what? Oh, dude, you think I've done that much reading yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not yet. What? No, no, no. But I will say that like you can experience these different things yourself, okay? And I'll I'll tell you how. There. Are... Huh, let me think. Like I just say, engage with one meditation one day. Engage with um, just sitting in a nice comfortable pose closing your eyes and letting your mind wander right just let it wander and see if you can see if you can get your mind to shut off don't get frustrated if you can't because if it can't then that's still the point of the meditation but just you know just 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 let it exist then the next day you know 
do the fire meditation that I talked about. Just stare at a fire and let your mind wander. See how different your brain focuses and like how quickly it focuses. See what it focuses on. Then on another day, oh shoot, what was the other the other main kind of meditation? Um Ah uh, yes. No no no. Uh I mean yeah, absolutely. Have another day where you do yoga. Go for it. Uh but another day have a have a day where you are meditating in a way that is very sensory based. So like really zone completely in on feeling the air on your fingers. Zone in on the subtle things that you hear through your ears and the things that you smell. Really focus on that. And through those different practices, you'll probably find some differences in perception of, like, I don't know, reality, if you want to get really existential about it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just changes the way that you process everything. Does. Or, you know, just do one of those for an entire week and then do another one for the next week. And yeah. then, you know, so on and so forth. Just see how differently you operate. Mm. Uh, you can absolutely experiment with all this stuff and just see for yourself. You know, right. it's 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 really cool stuff. Meditation is not this big, massive, monolithic like you must sit for an hour and obtain enlightenment by sitting and clearing your mind. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. It's not what the Western like idealization of meditation is. It's just like a thing. It's just. It's like breathing or walking or playing a video game. It's just kind of a thing that you can just kind of do. It's like <laughs> journaling or reading a book or, you know, whatever people do to try to feel productive. Mm. Yeah. Just, just do it, man. Hashtag just do it. Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Shia LaBeouf encourages you to stare at a fire for 15 minutes straight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like... There's so many different forms of meditation, and you know when you get into, like, a passion, right? Like, you have a passion, like, you're, maybe that's making music or writing, whatever. You get into this flow state where you're only thinking about that. Your mind's not anywhere else. You're just completely absorbed in that, and, like, that is a form of meditation. So I agree. You're absolutely correct. 1,000%. Yes. Yeah, and I think most people have experienced that to some degree, like... So you've already meditated. You've already like gotten yeah. into that zone. Yeah, if you if you could sit there and say, Yeah, I've experienced the flow state, you my friend have been in a full state of, of uh I'd almost say transcendental meditation. Mm. Where you're just like nothing exists but this. But even if you haven't, and you're just like, Yeah, I've been kind of engrossed in a thing to a you know, to some extent, then like, yeah, you've meditated. You're getting you know, if you just if you just kind of sit there and turn your phone off uh for like 15 minutes and just lie in bed and stare at the ceiling and you've meditated mm. you know maybe not to the fullest extent <laughs> but like you've done it and like you know you can do it again and if i'll tell you what if you just sit there and you don't have to make a conscious effort to do it better or anything ridiculous like that like just keep doing it and your experience of doing it and the results will actually just kind of improve as you do it in the same way. Yes. I can 100% agree with you know, that. Like like, yeah. like with any skill, get your 10,000 hours in, buddy. Yeah. You'll man. improve. Mm-hmm. And you can get into a meditative state a lot quicker. So I meditate like every morning. And I wish I was that good at it. <laughs> 
it's yeah. harder to meditate in the morning because like you're in sleepy brain like so it can be harder to focus but it's really nice to not start your day being like i need to do this later i need to do that later i need to do this because the first 30 minutes after you wake up and the first 30 minutes before you go to sleep this is when your mind is most susceptible to programming so yes 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 it's really important that you like um implement good practices during these times right like affirmations yes. meditations whatever it can be and when you are can get into a meditative state a lot quicker now just because of the practice it's because i've done it made it a habit no right yeah it becomes easier to just hit the button mm. yes Dang. yeah it's very impressive i need i i i certainly need to get on that as well you know it's interesting that you something uh i got reminded of something when you mentioned the first and last 30 minutes of of uh, you know before and after you wake up mm-hmm. uh is i've noticed recently that the first five minutes after i first wake up like you just come into consciousness right like you're hardly even awake like it's really weird but during that five minute period that i feel as if my brain is more active then than it is at any point of the day mm. and that's not to say that my brain is inactive during the day that's to say that i feel as if my brain is completely overloading during those first five minutes that i'm awake it's really weird and i feel like i should really experiment with it more research it more i don't know maybe it's an anxiety thing what do you mean exactly do you feel like there's a bunch of stuff you're just thinking about the future or things you no it just do, feels like or... my brain is going at a million miles an hour like i am really? processing things at a rate that fully conscious me has no idea of whenever i first wake up it is just hmm. overwhelming it's really weird and it, it sometimes it i manage to go back to sleep because it, it, i don't know it just feels like i just am running eight million miles an hour and during the day my brain is just at one million miles an hour you know what i mean how so like what are you thinking about like what is this state oh man it depends on the phase of the moon dude like it it could be (laughs) like the future or it could be some dream it could be something really ridiculous and stupid right it could be like a video game or it could be like man why are why am i continuing to to be alive uh or like it's really thinking really hard about philosophies or uh like intricate details about my schoolwork. like oh i should do this i should do this i should do this how does this work like i should get details on that uh i should get on this at this point in the day like at this exact time yada 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 what do i have today like i'm making it it's you know what i'm talking about that's crazy why i implement meditation because yeah i feel like i should do the same way you start your day is it sets you up for the rest of your day like i've gotten into the habit of doing this but when i went on a vacation i wasn't necessarily able to do my full practice right my four morning routine and i was a bitch really i was it just set you off huh it set me off because and I realized how important the way you start your morning is because interesting you're programming your mind and you're telling your mind 
who you yeah. are and how the rest of the day is gonna go like it's subconscious right it's that subconscious yeah. programming and so important because like you know you're kind of in that state all day right when you like start immediately thinking about all of that stuff yeah. it's like jesus when it's you're almost like yeah go ahead i was gonna say this when you're sleeping you're just like you're not thinking about anything you're relaxed you're sleeping you're dreaming then you wake up it's like boom do this do that do that boom like jeez relax yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i mean well I will say that whatever you're sleeping, what your brain's actually doing is processing things. True. That's absolutely like, true. Like crazy. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How does your mind do that? Because I'm not fully like aware of exactly how that works. Yeah. Well, so basically think of it like this, like, um, whenever you're conscious, whenever you're awake, all of the different parts of your brain are like, imagine it's like a board meeting and they're all talking they're all like the amygdala is like hey so I'll, like i'm afraid and angry because of these things and the frontal lobe is like all right let's culminate all these things and like put this out into the world because otherwise we'll be seen as some kind of animal and then you've got you know the memory part of your brains that's like hey i remember this thing like yeah 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 you know all these different little facets of your brain are communicating and whenever you go to sleep what happens is the frontal lobe completely shuts off and then all of the other parts of the brain kind of turn around in their little boardroom chairs and just start kind of fiddling with like their own little uh like they just start typing on, on, on their own computers you know mm. what i'm saying uh, and they all start doing their own thing so like the memory guys are or the memory part of the brain is doing his own thing and then we've got the amygdala doing its own thing and a lot of times what what happens is that um we can experience that in the form of dreams which is why dreams don't make any sense like you'll be experiencing fear by looking at a caterpillar because your amygdala is lighting up because something scary happened early in the day and it's processing that but also at the same time your memory is processing a caterpillar that you saw earlier in the day and then the visual part of your brain is processing kind of both of those things and so it presents that to you in the form of a dream uh mm -hmm. And then as you're sleeping, you experience, I think there's like four states of sleeping. And for there's like art, you know, rapid eye movement sleep, which is where you're not uh, visualizing anything. And then there's like the dream part of sleep where you're dreaming. And then what a lot of people don't know is that there's a, a, a one of the phases of sleep is where you're actually awake. You're actually like oh. past the threshold of consciousness. You act whenever you have a healthy night's sleep, right? Like you feel rested you've actually attained consciousness about three or four times that night, but you don't like remember it. And you didn't really wake up and start doing stuff. Yeah. Like you wake up a good few amount of times in the night. Um, How? Like, what? and that's just kind of your brain going through this big, um, I don't know how to describe it. Just kind of like a wave graph. Like it goes down then it goes up then it goes down, then it goes up. And just think about it. Whenever it gets really up, sometimes the very pinnacle of that state of consciousness passes the point of from unconscious to actually conscious and then you wake up uh and then you go right back to sleep oh do your eyes open do you like oh no 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 you don't get that awake mm. sometimes you do if if that state of consciousness happens for a longer period of time like five minutes because normally the 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 this, the passing the threshold state of consciousness that I'm talking about right now lasts for a few seconds, 
or like 30 seconds or something mm-hmm. not enough for you to be able to really perceive it oh okay huh uh, yeah yeah and so this it's just this weird like wavy kind of flow that your brain just goes through in order to to properly process all this information and get your brain uh, it just does its thing yeah <laughs> uh, like it's really weird that's why you are actually able to like learn and fully digest the information that you took in from the day from like sleeping like, yeah doesn't it yeah help that's you? why that's why people say it'll if you're learning something work on it right before you go to sleep because your Ooh. brain immediately goes into process mode so then a lot of times oh, people fuck. will that's yeah yeah pe- people will be doing something like right before they go to bed and they will wake up better than when they went to sleep at that thing oh fuck because your brain huh. goes into hyper processing mode interesting and you're, it's also the first 30 minutes before you go to sleep so you're working from your subconscious yeah well it could even be the first two hours before you go to sleep i don't yeah. know like it, it kind of depends on the person i guess but uh, yeah um see there's so much about the mind so many incredible things that your mind is just doing like how magical. oh yeah man people think space is the final frontier now the brain is the final frontier mm, <laughs> it's uh, great yeah it's really interesting learning about your mind and just because when you're able to do this you are actually able to understand yourself on such a fully deeper level and you're able to like heal and grow and like elevate yourself on such more of a deeper level and you're able to understand everybody more because you don't really understand yourself when you think about it like there's so much going on that you just don't even know mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly it's important to take that that perspective and just and just keep it in mind as you exist you know don't let it don't let it dominate you but you know just just keep it keep it in mind uh, I wanted to talk about like what did you said that you were a black belt and like martial arts? Yeah, when I was. Uh, we haven't even touched on that. Yeah, like I'm really interested to learn about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about. I was one of the kids that was put through Taekwondo at a young age, and I got a black belt at yeah. the age of 16, and I kind of. That's impressive. Thank you. Uh, I kind of fell out of it in my late teens, and I've just kind of come back to it recently, uh, where I began mm-hmm. teaching it. Um, and, like, I, you know, I mean, I recommend martial arts to anyone, and just any kind of martial art, because there's martial arts where it's like, oh, karate or taekwondo or muay thai or whatever, or MMA or kickboxing jujitsu and then there's stuff like you know not a lot of people i think at first glance consider tai chi a martial art but it's a martial art it is an art of movement of the body people think people think yeah yeah they hear martial arts and they're like oh that's like where you learn how to kick people and like hurt them and no (laughs) martial art just means like just kind of a practice of the movement of the body in a really controlled manner What so did you take it for like self defense or like was it just something that you wanted to take? Uh it was just a really cool thing. I was like, yo, I like karate kid, <laughs> like let's go. <laughs> like Yeah, but it was really interesting because it um I mean you know, it taught me a lot. It it gave it gave me a lot of nice 
logistical skills like balance like i can i have a really good balance now and i have really good control over my strength and stuff like that but it was a really nice transition into uh learning and understanding mm. tai chi and uh qigong which is like in china there was the three big martial arts there's tai chi qigong and kung fu and they're all kind of connected uh and they're just kind of like a nice trifecta but Qi Gong is probably my favorite over Tai Chi. I know more of Qi Gong than, mm. than Tai Chi. Um, and it's like, imagine if like Tai Chi had like, uh, it was like sectioned off between moves. It was just like a format. That's kind of like Qi, what Qi Gong is. Um, hmm. so like, what would you do in Qi Gong? Like, what are you? Uh, I think I've demonstrated to you Qi Gong before. It's yeah? just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were asking about it, and I was like, I, I could just show you. And you're like, yeah, sure. Um, oh, Qi Gong yeah, is like. I Qigong is like Tai Chi, but it's not like it's I'll be honest, it's pretty much a lot like Tai Chi. It's just a lot more like um, strength based than uh, fluidity movement based, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of sectioned off by like dividers of um, what would you call it? Like you could like it, like say at a 16 step Qigong form. You would like do the little divider, which is like bringing your arms up and bringing them down, then do uh, movement number one four times. Then you end it with the same thing, arms up, arms down. Then you do number two, and then you close it. Like that, That's a very bare bones description of Qigong. <laughs> hmm. See, I've heard a lot of people that like I really look up to, and they mm -hmm. talk about stuff like this, like Qigong and like meditations and like yoga and it's interesting to see like the other benefits of it like is it like strength does it help you like mentally and, like... oh yeah i mean there's first of all i recommend if anyone is interested in like oh man qigong seems cool like tai chi seems cool yoga seems cool i recommend just looking like don't feel embarrassed about it just google or youtube uh, beginner qigong moves and just like just do it just follow along it's not like some grand like big deal just you know there's no like right way just 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 do it just watch someone do it and just follow do along. It. but just do it. <laughs> yeah yeah um oh shoot what was i gonna say uh but i mean yeah like there, there's one uh qigong video that i watch where a dude is like it's really strength based and he does a lot of stuff with like the core and the fists and everything there's a a qigong practice that i used to do that i don't do anymore but i i probably will once finals week is over <laughs> um mm, maybe it'll help you where, out during finals maybe but i every single uh, every other day i would go out to my garage where there's this big wooden beam a really thick wooden pole just in the middle of the garage oh. and i would just hit various parts of my body against it as a means of like right. like i'd hit my palm i would hit my elbow my shoulder my legs <laughs> my, my ribs against this wooden pole and <laughs> what yeah like so monks would do that and it would like it, it's kind of like how you know if you play guitar a lot you build calluses on your body right yeah it's just like raw just like hit your body to make tiny little micro fractures in your bones to make them stronger and it's like just hit your body to make it stronger <laughs> like, and it's like 
There's okay. practices like that within Qigong. There was, oh my gosh, I really want to do this one day. Uh, there's a practice called Iron Body Qigong, which that's part of Iron Body Qigong. But there's another part where in Iron Body Qigong, you'll, you, you set a timer for like five minutes-ish. And then you have a group of like three or four people just sit there and punch your body for five minutes straight. And this is not what it. I expected Chi you just, to You be. just straight up tank it, dude. You just what? like, 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 just on your ribs. And one guy's like, got your, he's got like your, your arm. It's really great. And the monks do it, man. All of the monks do it. It is, it's great. It's my favorite, dude. <laughs> They're just so metal, what? man. What? It's like, yeah, you just straight up tank that shit. What so the fuck? Good. This is not what I expected. Do you guys have a favor? Look up uh, Qigong monks. Like, I don't know, like month-long Qigong practice or like day in the life of a of a Shaolin warrior monk or whatever okay. in China. Those videos, I guarantee you, will have iron body Qigong where the monks just wail on each other for five minutes. What is this achieving? What is this helping you? Strengthening do? of the body, strengthening of the mind, man. Yeah. Strength of strength of the body, strength of the mind. It just, it, it reinforces all of that. It's great, uh, man. I am so behind all of it. <laughs> that is like the last thing I expected yeah, you to tell me. It, and and I would just like sit like I started doing it because I I didn't even register like. My garage had a big wooden beam so i would just like go outside and i would like take a jog and i would just walk up to a tree and i would just start hitting it with my shoulder and i wake up sore the next day and it was like yep that's iron body qigong and then i would do it like two days later and then i'd wake up less sore the next day and i would do it again i would wake up less sore the next day and it was great <laughs> and i'm so I, i'm sad that i fell out of it but like you know sometimes school just be stressful and takes over your life <laughs> fuck that's okay but yeah qigong is more than just fancy moves with your hands man it is a <laughs> it is a borderline philosophy it really wow. is qigong, qigong overlaps strongly with taoism doesn't like yeah so... yeah they're i don't know they were just invented around the same time in it they like they just kind of have the same philosophies of of like this is existence and we embrace it mm. like embracing your pain like not shying away from it just like fully accepting it and like going into it like definitely like, yeah uh, like don't be afraid of the of the whole existence thing that you're doing <laughs> the whole existence thing yeah <laughs> yeah See, that's powerful right there. Like, mm -hmm. Accepting reality and accepting things for they are. Yeah, and in that, you find 5,000 years ago were the first existentialists right there. Uh, um, it's cool learning about all of these like intellectuals that like kind of had a good grasp on reality even so fucking long ago yeah and i think the the greatest thing is to recognize just how much like you and me they were because let's see was just a guy who was like yo like screw you guys like this is stupid like y'all just keep <laughs> fighting i'm going to the mountains like this sucks <laughs> you know yeah and like he was he just kind of had ideals 
you know he just kind of had ideas and he was like I, I mean i guess this is just kind of how it works hey guys this is how it works and That's it. he just happened to be another dude who had the kind of time in the day to think about all that stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah, that was that's the case important. with a lot of those old guys yeah like just taking time to fully like contemplate things a lot yeah. of the times we don't get to do that because we're like oh i need to do this later i need to do this later but yep you're so right and even through meditation when you're doing that like you are people are able to like get like the insight on their life because they're taking the time to just stop and like fully contemplate things and yeah. reflection yeah are able to come to more of a understanding of reality like these philosophers did yeah exactly like that's that's an important reason why i think that you know ancient philosophers and and guys like Lao Tzu and socrates and whatever were you know they're respectable sources from which to kind of derive ideals from because they had the kind of time they had the kind of time and energy and motivation to to do all this thinking and it's also to keep in mind the fact that you were born with you know pretty much the same brain as these guys these guys weren't special just because they're older and you're not special just because you're newer like we all just we all kind of take in information in roughly the same way and no one's like super special in that way we're all we're, we're like you're the same as not you know the same but you're pretty much the same as Lao Tzu and that you're you're human you have the same capacity to come up with the same things and internalize the same things and do the same things so it's not mm. like you're disadvantaged because you just just because you weren't born in the sixth century right you know and he's not any better yeah. than you just because he was you have the same potential you are yeah. powerful yeah. you shouldn't people or put them on a pedestal just because of you've learned over time or this or this label or that it's like you have the same brain you are born to the same planet you're under the same moon the same sun yeah. on the same ground and when you fully realize your potential and you realize the power that you have and the power that your mind has you are able to and all these things on your own yeah the difference between you and Lao Tzu is that you have access to Google fuck yeah you're like yeah <laughs> and is that no for more. better or for worse I don't know you decide <laughs> like that's up to you mm. my dude <laughs> are you gonna use it for good or are you gonna use it for Instagram scrolling dun 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 Think about that. You have the access to all of the information in the world known to humanity right at your fucking fingertips 24 hours of the fucking day. Mm-hmm. And you're spending your time scrolling on social media mindlessly, just feeding your mind with all this negativity. You can learn anything. You can learn anything that you absolutely want. Like, yeah. you can buy a book for five dollars, whatever, and <laughs> learn the same shit that you do in like college, university world. Indeed, that is a fat indeed, my friend. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. 
It's Remember crazy, your man. Power. What, a, what a strange world we live in. Oh my god, that's where we, a... where we have yeah. we have every single translated writing of, you know, every kind of uh, Buddha. Because you know there wasn't just the Buddha; there was multiple Buddhas. Was there? Uh, like, oh yeah, no, there was the Buddha. I forget what his name was, but there was the original Buddha who was like a prince or a king or something. Oh, he's a prince. Uh, but then there was like the Buddha. It wasn't his name. He had a name, but then the Buddha is just the title given to someone who achieved enlightenment in such a way that he did. And there was a good few of them. Um, but anyways, like there was, you know, you have all the translations of like those, the Buddhists, the, the, the Buddha guys and the Buddhists and the and Lao Tzu and all the ancient Chinese philosophers and all the philosophers of Greece and Western Europe and all that stuff. Um, just, just, just ready for you. Mm, it's right here. You have the power to learn whatever you want. You have the power to become a master of yourself and become the grand designer of yeah. your reality. It's right here in front of you. You have all the tools needed right here order for you to achieve anything that you want in this life it's right here yeah right in front and of if, you and in the spirit of existentialism if what you need to experience pure bliss and happiness is to watch keyboard cat for the 50th time then please for the love of god do it <laughs> yes. i'm begging you to watch uh capybaras vibing to neo wave for an hour straight <laughs> for the fifth time instead of researching Lao Tzu. If that's what it takes for you to live your best life, then do it, damn it. Yeah. I'm begging yeah. you. We're all gonna <laughs> die anyways. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. You starting this podcast has got me inspired. I I've been Ooh. considering starting Ooh. a podcast that's just called I, I I thought about it too. I wanted to start one called Some Rando in a Car, where I just talk while I'm commuting to school every other day i like it because because i drive every other day when i go to school it's like a 40 minute drive so i'm like how hilarious would it be for just a constant stream of consciousness of me just talking about stupid stuff mm. well maybe in the future that'll be a potential reality we maybe, shall see. maybe um, we'll see <laughs> yeah so i think that's a good place to kind of wrap things up yeah totally um let me think if there's, if there's any like last things I want to say. I don't really. Anything think... you want to plug? Any like social medias or whatever? Um. Oh my gosh, I could not be less present on social media. I'm gonna be so yeah. honest with you. I post on Facebook once every five years. I post on Instagram <laughs> once every two. Uh, my Twitter well. is just liking really funny videos about bionicles. Um. <laughs> geez, man. Like if 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 you're a poet, I really uh, like writing poetry. Yeah. Uh, fo uh, follow me on Poetizer. My as my name Carson Hill. Um, I don't know. That's that. That's about it. I'm not really out in the whole um, public sphere at the moment. You know, if you encounter me, you encounter me. <laughs> if, right. if you ever, let's see, if anyone ever wants to get into contact with me and just literally talk about any of this, I am super down. Or if anyone wants to understand anything more, or if anyone wants to say like, hey, I feel this about this way you said. Um, let me think. My Twitter is at slugbug. 
S L U G B U G F G C. So put the letters F G, excuse me, F G C at the end of that. Just hit me up on Twitter, dude. Yeah. Go for yeah. it. Same Go with the me. Heck for it. And with me, if you guys want to like uh, reach out to me, uh, my TikTok is like underscore new perspective and my dang you got a whole tiktok for this huh yeah i have a tiktok have you not seen my tiktok no i don't have a tiktok (laughs) i haven't i've never downloaded tiktok in my life wow it's the one sin that i won't commit i I like that (laughs) that's probably why you are the way you are um (laughs) yeah so slug or i shouldn't call you slug i'm so used to calling you slug yeah, you call me call me slug. <laughs> call me my nickname. Sluggy. My game, my my username online is slug. Yeah. Bug, guys. Uh, but my real name is Carson. Yeah, that's that is like Carson Daily. I used to say like call me Carson, but that didn't age well. Oh, so Carson. I just say Carson Daily again. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your perspective. Thank you. I enjoy saying words for a long period Bad. of time. That's what podcasts are. <laughs> yeah! Thank you for listening, guys. I love you all. Go live your best life! Alright, guys. Well, thank you for listening and tuning in. That is the new perspective. Alright, that's that's the new perspective. Alright.